everybody! How are you doing out there? Have you had a good week? I know it kind of looked like I was going to be putting out an episode every Thursday from now on, but ah, looks like I'm jumping back to Saturdays. Hope you don't mind, and I hope you stick with me. So, did you have a good riding week? Did you get up to anything exciting out there? The weather's still kind of warm, eh? It's, have you noticed that this year the, uh, the fall colors aren't quite as ablaze as they have been in the past. Kind of a weird weather pattern this fall. You know, we had that super, super hot summer. Then it kind of just jumped right to being cold. And this week it's kind of warmish again, but I, I think that's really affected how uh, the, the fall colors have come out this year. They're not really, again, they're not really ablaze. They kind of just went straight to rust, which is all right, I guess. But so anyway, we, um, friend of mine, we decided that it was time to finally, for me anyway, to finally get up the Nakayama Pass this uh, past Sunday. I haven't been able to get up all year. It's just one thing after another. We were supposed to go to Niseko a few times over this year and they kept getting canceled. You know, I mean, one of us got COVID. Uh, I had a soccer tournament, my, sorry, my kid had a soccer tournament. And yep, last week, Nisego got cancelled again for us. What are you going to do, eh? Sometimes these things do happen. But even though that happened, I got out on Saturday, I got out to my son's uh, soccer game, where he got another goal, always great to see. And then Sunday, we finally made it up Nakayama Toge, one of my favorite rides of the year. Before we get to the actual ride, because it was, it was quite the ride, I, man, that was something else. But before we get to the ride, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Nakayama Toge. To, toge is Japanese for pass, mountain pass. So let's stick with Toge for this episode, if you don't mind. So a little bit of information about Nakayama Toge. Nakayama Toge is located on National Route 230, which has been called Sapporo's Gateway to Southern Hokkaido. You know, once you cross the pass, uh, you head south along Route 230, you head down the pass, and that takes you into like Kimobetsu, Roosts, uh, Niseko, Kuchan, that area of Sapporo is where you are once you're uh, over Nakayama Toge. Beautiful, beautiful area. It, it's actually located in uh, the Shikotsuko Toya National Park, which borders, you know, Sapporo City and uh, Kimobetsu. Doesn't that 7-Eleven at Kimobetsu at the bottom of Nakayama Toge, doesn't, doesn't that get a lot of business? I think everybody stops there. I've met a lot of people at that one over the years. It's, it's kind of interesting. Anyway, back to Nakayama Toge. It is... 800, the, to, the, the mountain pass, is 835 meters above sea level. So, just from that information, you can imagine it is a big ride. Not for the faint-hearted. And apparently with the weather we went up the Togeyen, it's not only... Not for the faint-hearted, it's only for the dim-witted, apparently. <laughs> oh, man, we got in some bad weather. That was 
quite honestly, that was not a lot of fun at one point. Anyway, so at the top of the uh, at the top of the pass, there's a road station. Remember, I, I've talked about road stations before, yeah? The Michi no Ekis. Well, this road station at the top of Nakayama Pass is called Boyo Nakayama. And it is very popular. It is usually super busy. There's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one, it's a great place to stop and check out the view of Mount Yote. Mount Yote, Yotezan, is Hokkaido's version of Mount Fuji. You know that super famous Japanese image. Well, Hokkaido's got one too. It's smaller, quite a lot smaller, um, but it's got that same classic volcano shape to it. It's called Mount Yote. A lot of people call it Eizo Fuji. Have I talked about what Eizo is? Eizo is the old uh, Japanese name for Hokkaido. Why it changed? I know why. I should have looked at it. I should have looked at why for this episode. In a future episode, I'll, I'll check out why they renamed it Hokkaido. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, the old name for Hokkaido is Eizo. And Mount Yote's nickname is Eizo Fuji. Kind of neat. But on a clear day, on a bluebird day, you can get absolutely stunning views of Mount Yote. Mm, I think more often than not, though, it's kind of clouded over. The top's kind of covered in clouds. You, you, you're kind of lucky if you get a bluebird day where Yote's perfectly visible. But so that's one reason why, why the uh, Boyo Nakayama Michinoeki is, is so popular, because the views are amazing. Actually, the views the whole way up the ride, the scenery all the way up the mountain pass is, is beautiful, really gorgeous. From the Sapporo side up to the top of the pass is, what is it, 17 kilometers? Now that is a 17 kilometer ride. So again, it's a big one. It is a big, big ride. Also, at the top of the pass, they sell all kinds of Hokkaido produce. You know, you can imagine there's lots of like craft beer, craft sake, uh, vegetables, milk, cheese, the, the whole thing, everything they grow on farms in Hokkaido, it's, it's all there. It's all quite expensive, to be honest, especially the, the craft beers. I always find craft beers, little local things, to be a bit too expensive for my tastes, actually. But when you get to the past, there's this fried food section that I love. Of course, you know, they have all the, you know, chicken and that kind of jazz, but that's not why I'm at the top of Nakayama Pass. They have a food there called Ageimo. Ageimo are such an iconic part of being at the top of Nakayama Toge. It's pretty funny, actually. All it is, is it's a deep fried potato. It's a three whole potatoes deep fried in a kind of sweet batter. And it is delicious. Of course, as always, if you haven't seen them, you can see the pictures on my Facebook, on my Instagram. Um, but they are so good. 
They sell hundreds of those things each day. They're, what are they, 450 yen for three big potatoes on a stick? You know, you gotta love food on a stick, right? So that was the first time this year I got ageimo. Imo is potato in Japanese. Age is fried. Ageimo. Super, super popular. And actually, one of the reasons I wanted to go up at this time of year is because this was the first time I noticed that they have premium ageimo. Now, this is for Halloween, and it's just until Halloween these are being sold. These are three different colors of potato. Now, I looked at it a bit more, and one of them is Shadow Queen potatoes, you know, the purple ones. Another is a kind of standard Hokkaido potato, a white one, and the other is a yellow one. I think it was called a demon something or other potato. But I didn't... I Before we got up the mountain, I changed my mind. I wasn't going to get it because for three potatoes, it was 800 yen. Say what? 800 yen for three... That's like eight, nine... What? With the exchange... Eight, nine dollars now for for three potatoes? Yeah. No, thank you. Well, kind of lucked out there because when we got to the top, well, actually before we got to the top, I, I'd also read that they only sell 50 of those premium sticks of potatoes a day. So, I mean, if you're not there at opening, those things are sold out. And sure enough, by the time we got to the top, the premium... Ageimos were sold out. So I, I uh, there's not, no way, sorry. I don't think it's being cheap saying I'm not spending $9 for three potatoes. That's just good shopping sense, folks. No thanks. And, and also, for cycling snacks, I had an entire lunchbox full of Shadow Queens that I just dug up from my garden a few weeks ago. So, nah, that, that would be actually, that would be stupid. Don't you think? I've got free Shadow Queens in my panniers and I'm going to go pay $9 for three more? Don't have to be an Einstein to figure that one out, do you? Anyway, that's what the pass is. But here's something. If you ever get to the top of the pass, this is a pro tip, by the way. If you ever get to the top of the pass and you're just hanging out for Ageimo, but the lineup is out the door and it looks like it's taking forever. Never fear. Just walk across the street to the Toge Cafe. Japanese is called uh, Toge no Chaya. This Toge Cafe across the street, they sell the exact same food. They have more comfortable seating, a wide variety of Hokkaido souvenirs, they sell the exact same food. You can get ageimo across the street with never any weight at all. Now, Boyo Nakayama, that's the famous one. Yes, no two ways about it. That's the one people go to. But if you want the same food with no weight, walk across the street. It's kind of weird how that happens in Japan. But anyway, let's get back to ageimo a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about potatoes a little more, people, on the Cycling Hokkaido podcast. That's right, potatoes. Deep fried 
potatoes. And I don't mean like French fry fries. These are like deep fried potatoes in like pancake batter. Delicious. Well, they also have, you know, a, a, a condiments counter. The condiments counter is back. It was gone for the longest time. You know, it was gone during the COVID years. I guess that's understandable, but yeah, was it as much fun? On the condiments counter, you can find ketchup, mayonnaise, crazy salt, regular salt, a kind of curry salt flavor thingamajig. You know, take your pick. You can sit upstairs. It, we definitely sat upstairs because it was cold, windy, snowing when we were at the top this past Sunday. It was really stupid weather. It, actually... There, we didn't even bother to lock our bikes at the top this time. We're like, fuck this. If anybody wants to take our bikes, we'd be more than happy to take a taxi home down the down the pass this time. Go ahead, folks. Have at them. We're just right out front. There, there was no way anybody was going to steal a bicycle in that weather. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, in summer when the weather's a lot nicer, there, there's usually some... Uh, usually... Sometimes there's some pretty interesting entertainment outside of Boyo Nakayama Michino Eki. It's kind of weird, but there's a sometimes there's a monkey out front doing tricks. You know, the monkey, he like walks on a rolling barrel, he rides a bike. He does all kinds of ridiculous things, you know, things you think like, wow, that monkey's really talented. <laughs> Until you start thinking about Oh, geez, how have they trained that monkey? You know, I am sure it's not very humane. Uh, mm, yeah, anyway, if, if you're into it, sometime in the summer there's a, a trained monkey show out front. It's kind of, kind of a weird atmosphere, really. But at the base of um, Nakayama Toge, on the Sapporo side, is Jozanke. Have you heard of it? Jozanke is a really famous tourist spot. It's got a really famous uh, onsen. Onsen is a uh, hot spring. You know, people people in Japan like to sit in the uh, hot baths. Everybody's naked. Well, you know, men and women are separate in most cases. I think there are mixed baths somewhere, but... Not in Joseph. Ah, somewhere, somewhere. Some places have, very rare places have mixed baths. Anyway, Jozanke, famous for onsen, uh, hot spring, lots of hotels. It's a super, super popular place with uh, tourists. One of the biggest reasons is the fall colors in that area. And, and we were lucky because, as I was saying, you know, the fall colors are a bit weird this year, but they do not disappoint right now. Certainly didn't. Uh, last weekend, if we'd had a bluebird day, would have been absolutely stunning. It was still fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but had the weather been that little bit better, it it, it would have uh, really, really, really added to it. And that weekend we were there, like the the last two weekends in October, our peak peak season for the fall colors, or in Japanese, is that it's called koyo fall colors. And you can tell the Chinese tourists, the Southeast Asian tourists are back. Not quite back in full force, but 
they are definitely, definitely, definitely here again, which is great because God knows Hokkaido needs their money. They're back in, in Otaru, all the really popular tourist places. You know, you can see them making, having an impact. <laughs> Definitely having an impact on foot traffic on the sidewalks. For good or bad, however you want. <laughs> Sorry, let's leave that alone. Okay, so that's the Nakayama Togate. That's what it's all about. It's, it's a super friendly, beautiful touristy area and i'm so happy that i got it ridden again this year that you know sometimes you think oh man is this ride not gonna happen this year oh geez there's there's a couple that i'm pretty sure aren't gonna happen super super stoked that we got uh, nakayama toge in okay so that's the information about the area now the ride i met an American friend of mine up near my place at, uh, what was it, about quarter to seven in the morning. And the two of us head down to meet our English friend. We just very, very simply, you know, took uh, Ishikari Kaido straight down from Ishikari, straight to, straight through the city to the Toyohira River. Toyohira River, always a super nice place to ride. And, you know, at that time in the morning, it's not too busy, but still... There are already a couple of, uh, it looked like men's league baseball games underway. You know, some people jogging. It looked like there were some people getting ready for park golf. I know some of you out there know what park golf is. Do you know what park golf is? Well, in case you don't, let me explain. Park golf is a kind of a cross between mini golf, cr crazy putt, mini golf, whatever you want to call it, and uh, croquet and real golf it's kind of a mix of those three things it's also a hokkaido invention the game was invented by some smart cookie in obihiro obihiro is in central eastern hokkaido yeah so park golf invented in obihiro super fun you use one mallet and you kind of hack your way around what well, i think the the one hole is usually around 50 to 100 meters. Um, some courses are more difficult than others. But yeah, you get the one mallet. You get a big ball. It's about the size of a baseball, but it's hard plastic. It's pretty fun. It's pretty fun, I got to say. I know my dad uh, likes it when he was here. Uh, we usually get out and play a family game every summer, although we didn't this year. We hope to when my oldest was back uh, in the summer from university, but didn't get a chance, you know. Damn university kids, they come home from school and they just want to hang out with their friends. <laughs> anyway, we didn't get a game of park golf in. If you haven't played park golf, another thing I highly recommend you do in Hokkaido. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Real popular hobby with the older folks, too. I can see why it's, you know... It's low impact. It's you're out in the sun. You're getting a walk. That's ah, it's a it's a great great game. Great fun. Anyway, where was I? Naka uh, Toyohira River. So we ride around Toyohira River, uh, all the way along to Makomanai Park in South Sapporo, and we meet up with our English friend, who was quite bitter that in the Rugby World Cup England had lost to South Africa. 
a few hours prior. Apparently, they lost in a spectacular fashion. Spectacular fashion. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to be listening to this going, yeah, 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 spectacular. All right, fine, move along. <laughs> so we met up with him. And at that point in the ride, the American friend took off back home. He had a bunch of stuff to do in his garden. A lot of people are taking down their vegetable gardens right now. You know, it, it's, the, it's the time of year. I've mostly taken mine down as well. I, I've also planted my garlic uh, for next year. Most, all my tomato plants are gone. Only a couple of things left. Only like my uh, hot pepper, some of my hot pepper plants are left. Because to be honest, I just don't have the heart to take them down yet. I keep thinking, nah, just a little more. Just a little, they'll ripen, they'll ripen, just a little, wait, wait, wait. I, I know I'm going to get heartbroken when they get hit with some wicked frost or something happens and I lose the whole crop of sugar rush peppers. But anyway, I'm still holding out. Anyway, so he took off home to go tend his garden and the Englishman and I took off to take on Nakayama Toge. So we ride along, get to the Toge. As usual, we stop at one of the convenience stores at the bottom. You know, he likes to get a coffee. I, you know, I, I have some water. Again, I usually take all my stuff with me, right? So uh, I have, you know, my potatoes in a bento box and a bunch of water packed. But I was in luck because we stopped at the Seikomar at the bottom of Nakayama Toge. And what did I find? A new flavor of Garigarikun. That's right, Nettori Peanuts. Man, oh, it was good. Oh, it was delicious. It was kind of like a peanut butter gari gari kun. English friend of mine was not impressed at all as he's somehow, for some reason, anti-peanut butter. Have you ever met anybody that's anti-peanut butter? Well, I have now. <laughs> is, is it an English thing? The English don't like peanut butter. And now they're probably not the biggest fans of rugby or South Africa either. <laughs> Sorry. Right, so that was us uh, coffeed up. Gari, new Gari Gari Goon flavor sampled. It, why, and while we're standing in the parking lot of the uh, convenience store, him having his coffee, me having my ice cream, that's it. Now, granted, it is a dumb day to be having ice cream. It was cold. I mean, I, even at the bottom of the toge, it was cold. And I don't know why, but this old woman gets out of her car and she looks at us and she goes, Oh, ice tabetendo? Oh, are you eating ice cream? I'm like, uh, yeah, what, what's up? And she walked over to us and she gave us a potato she gave us a potato each. <laughs> like, uh, oh, yeah, thank you. She kindly explained that her friend had grown and cooked the potatoes herself, who her friend chose to stay in the car and just wave from the window as, as we bowed our thank yous, you know, as you do in Japan. We each had a small potato that were neatly wrapped in tin foil and were still warm. Maybe that's why she gave them to us, because she thought I'd be too cold after eating ice cream to keep riding? Hmm. 
I don't know, but it's kind of, it was obviously super nice of her. But one of those things that kind of happen when you're out on your bike, you're like, why did that just happen? I mean, how often is it you're standing in a convenience store parking lot, perfectly friendly, but completely unknown old lady gets out of her car and hands you and your friend a potato each. <laughs> it just you can't write this stuff if you're sitting around think you like you just would your mind just wouldn't go there would it but that's the kind of stuff that happens out there so we spent a couple of extra minutes at the convenience store enjoying our still warm potatoes <laughs> what and still i had a full box of potatoes in my bag but yeah, I didn't say that to her. We just, again, we just bowed our thank yous, smiled, and uh, speculated as to uh, why she felt we needed a potato each at the time. Could they, what could she have been doing? Like, it must have been, it must have just been, it must have just been because the potatoes were warm and I was eating ice cream. Or we looked cold. Maybe we looked homeless. <laughs> My wife sometimes says I look homeless after <laughs> after coming home from a big ride. I, I guess I do a little bit. I, I don't know. Or, I don't know. Can Maybe, is that what those women do on a Sunday? They drive around looking for people to give potatoes to? Or anyway, anyway, very nice of them, very kind of them. The potatoes were delicious. If you're listening, whoever you are out there, thank you. <laughs> Okay, we've had our rest, we've had our break, time to hit the mountain. So once you kind of get out of the, the small city hotel touristy area uh, of Jozanke, the climb pretty much starts right away. And I got to say, instantly I was worried because there was already snow at the bottom of the climb, at the bottom of the 835 Meter Mountain Pass, there was already snow. Not on the road. The roads were wet, but there was already snow off to the side of the road. Not a good sign at all. Especially when you've heard reports and weather reports from people saying that, you know, they're, they're, they're doing weather reports from three inches deep of snow up on the top. And, you know, already in, in, in mid-October, like, oh, Jesus, this is not good at the bottom. But so we said... You know, well, let's keep going. And if we get into some super icy, some super stuff, you know, we're not going to be cowboys or anything like that. We'll just, uh, we'll, we'll just turn around. So, snow be damned, off we went. Keep going up, up, and up. Of course, there's a couple of places we take breaks on the way up the hill. You know, refresh, water, Give your legs a bit of a break. Again, it is a big climb. It's a 17-kilometer climb. It's 835 meters. Um, it, it's long. It's it, it's it's tough. It's a tough one. It's not the hardest mountain pass ride out there, but it's definitely very, very challenging. It takes me two hours to get up. I, I think I've done it faster before. Usually it takes me two hours. Uh, if I'm up at the top at two hours, I'm pretty happy about it. But you know the uh, there's a around the middle of the mountain pass, there is a bridge 
and tunnel system to Nakayama Toge that is pretty gnarly. And on the first bridge, the scenery, it was fantastic. But I stepped in a wicked pile of slush and got my first soaker of the day. So that was me from about midway up the toge with a wet left foot. But it was worth it. Kind of. It was worth it because the scenery over the top. When you start getting up, you don't even have to get very far up the mountain pass. But looking out from those bridges, there is just, there are no um, power lines. There are no other roads. There's just mountain scenery. And this day we were up there, it was gorgeous because it was all yellow. But plus you've got the green of the evergreens. But you've got an added flavor of snow covering a lot of the evergreens. So you've got snow-covered evergreens, these popping yellow colors of the deciduous trees, plus the rolling hills of the mountain. I mean, yeah, it was Greybird, but still, I'll take that over an office view any day of the week. You know what I mean? Super happy, aside from the wet foot, but you know. And then there are cars, and then, yeah, the tunnels of Nakayama Toge, they can be pretty daunting because they're pretty narrow. And there's, what, one, two, three, three kind of half tunnels and one big, long, nasty one. But so you go through the tunnel system, you ride along. Um, of course, we're riding single file <laughs> off to the side, not doing that suicidal middle of the road, cars be damned behind me type thing. No way we're ever doing that. No way I'm ever doing that anyway. But yeah, so we make our way up, uh, obviously single file, you know, take time to enjoy the scenery as you're heading up. That, that is such a big, big part of that ride. You, you, the scenery is, is stunning. Have I used stunning already in this podcast? Sorry, but it is, it's stunning. So, you know, we're up for, and I gotta say, even though the, the, the fall colors were popping as, as soon as you get up, there seems to be less red in the mountains this year. Lots of, lots of, lots of yellows, um, but gorgeous scenery. And then, you know, up through the big, big, long covered tunnel. That is something else. Once you get noise in those tunnels, oh my God, you, the first time, I swear, man, you will shit your pants. It is so noisy in there. A truck coming by? Oh yeah, I hug the wall. No two ways about it. But I, I almost wonder if motorbikes are worse because a motorbike with their engines screaming through the tunnel is, is I think, scarier than a bus or a truck. Buses and trucks are huge, but the sound of a motorbike coming up behind you is, is really something that'll... You know, you jump right out of your skin. Anyway, it's um can be pretty wild in those tunnels. And of course, if you check out my Instagram, I got a sneaky tunnel shot of my bike in the middle of a lane. Don't worry, don't worry. I wasn't going for a Darwin Award or anything like that. 
Sometimes there are no cars. Sometimes you are alone in the tunnel and you have time. So anyway, I, I got that cheeky little shot of uh, my bike alone in the tunnel. So you get out of the tunnels. You're obviously a little bit higher up. But I swear, the weather changed on the other side of the tunnels. It was so much colder. And we got hit with this wind and it started snowing a little bit that, oh my God, most unwelcome when cycling. The wind just boom, whoo, chilly. Freeze the brass balls off a monkey. My dad always used to say that. You know that expression, freeze the brass balls off a monkey? Uh, apparently on pirate ships way, way back in the day, the, the little ring that would hold cannonballs or something was, was called a monkey. And when it got cold enough, they shrank and the balls fell off. I, <laughs> I think that's the story. I don't know what that's got to do with anything right now, but hey, there you go. <laughs> okay. So you get out of the tunnels and um, this is, I swear, this is highly, highly suspect. But once you get out of the tunnels, it's supposed to be six kilometers from the top. And I'm sorry, I don't believe them. <laughs> it says six. I think it's a lot longer. Yeah, it could be because we've already done 10, 11, 11 kilometers of pretty hard climbing. You've been through the pretty daunting tunnels. And the last six kilometers probably feels like a lot more, but I think it actually is a lot more. I've never actually checked it on my uh, bike odometer, which is now that I look back on that, that is fucking stupid. <laughs> just look, just look at your odometer. But at, at that kind of point in a ride, you know, you're, you're tired, man. You, and plus, windy and it started snowing actually snowing but still the conditions were fine for riding because it, it wasn't stay the, the the road was wet it wasn't icy at all there were parts with slush but it wasn't icy so we pressed on on and on to the top now again it feels like a long six kilometers and all the way up this is kind of neat. There are different uh, parking areas, little places you can ditch off to the side. Lots of people up taking pictures that day. Um, it's kind of, I always like seeing that because, you know, people are enjoying the Hokkaido scenery from, so yes, yeah, some people are from overseas, but there are a lot of Japanese from all over the, uh, all over the country that come to check out the scenery up there, wh wherever they're going, if they've just had a, Hokkaido vacation, a Sapporo vacation. Too early for any ski vacations yet, but they could have been there for Jozanke for the for the peak uh, fall color season. Anyway, whatever reason they're there, people are always out enjoying the mountains, which is always re really nice to see. But yeah, as we got closer and closer to the top, we started to uh, endure more and more uh, face pain <laughs> from the hail. Yeah started hailing honest to god we, <laughs> after i got home i had another a kiwi friend of mine called us crazy he was like didn't you guys check the weather well we did check the weather and the weather was not supposed to be bad until mid-evening it wasn't supposed to turn bad until 
6 or 7 p.m., which we'd long be sitting in the comfort of our living rooms by then. But nope, Mother Nature had other plans for us. We got hailed in the face on the way up. Woo! But I guess that, that kind of makes it awesome, right? You can have a nice sunny summer day and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was nice. That was lovely. Or, you know, after you're sitting around having a beer after, after a ride, couple of, or, you know, a couple of months later, whatever it is, you go, God damn, remember that ride that day? Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah. A little extra layer to the story, if you will, you know? So, we get to the top. Not much of a lineup in Boyo Nakayama. Again, the weather was shit. So, not a lot of people actually out on the mountain that day. Um, of course, as I said before, we did not lock our bikes, just left, <laughs> just parked them right in front of the entrance. Uh, I, there's no way anybody would have jumped on them to, to head down <laughs> in that weather. Plus, I mean, anybody who's actually there hasn't walked up the toga. Although, uh, that's not true. Some, very rarely, you do see people walking up the road, well, hiking, I suppose. It's pretty rare, but it does happen. Anyway, so in we go. Sure enough, the premium potatoes are sold out to no one's disappointment at all. Again, as I said, I ain't shelling out nine bucks for three potatoes. Potatoes, the same kind I've got in my bicycle panniers. Anyway, so we get our age emo, those delicious deep fried nuggets of Hokkaido. And we go have a seat upstairs. Lots of Lots of places to sit. No need to sit by a window that day because there was absolutely no view to be had of Mount Iyote. And uh, we just got warm for, for a little while. Ah. Now, we eat up, we're warm, ready to head back down. Now, this is the thing with descending these mountain passes. As hard as it is climbing up, you got to be really careful on the way down for, you know, obvious reasons. You, you can get some serious, serious speed going. But in the conditions we were in that day, you got to be more wary of what's going on around you because with the, the, the snow and as we get further down the mountain, the rain, visibility for drivers isn't perfect. Um, so that wasn't... That wasn't great. You don't really want to be put in that situation. And we usually do avoid it anytime we can. We are careful of the weather. We do check before we head out. But again, that, that weather system was not, was not supposed to be there that day at that time. So, ah, well, what are you going to do? But so... We had all our gear on. We're well layered up. I mean, I have three layers of clothes on. I've got my uh, thermals that are dry tech. I've got my thermals on. I've got sweatpants on. I've got my rain pants on. On the on my top, you know, I've got thermals again. I've got a hoodie. I've got my cycling windbreaker. And then on top of that, I've, I've got my rain jacket. So we're dry. I mean, well, aside from being sweaty... We're dry from weather, which you usually want to be. But the bastard part about it is our hands and our feet were wet. And when you start descending 
a, a, a mountain pass, when you start descending a toge, even in the best of weather, on, on warm summer days, uh, not this past summer, but on, on a lot of summer days, you sometimes it's still a good idea to put a little light jacket on because just the, the, the wind you pick up when you're heading down the mountain passes can get pretty chilly, even in conditions that are much better than what we were riding in. So we didn't have to gear up because we already had all of our gear on, but oh my God, the finger and the foot pain from the cold. Whoo, man. Oh, that will bring a tear to your eye. I am not kidding. It was crazy cold. But what is kind of interesting is the tunnels are so much warmer. So that was actually one kind of nice thing about them coming down. It, it's kind of weird when, you know, you hit a tunnel and you get a little bit inside and just this warmth, boom, it, it just kind of hits you. It's nice for the short time a descent in a tunnel lasts, but, you know, then you come out and you're the, the cold hits you again. But as we're going down, we clear the tunnel system and my friend says, you know, you mind if we pull over he said i can't grip my brakes anymore so i'm like yeah okay yeah yeah let's pull you know you're so cold let's pull over so you know we take our gloves off and we're warming up our hands you know sticking them all inside this that and the other and you're like oh god you get feeling back in your fingers you can move your fingers again you can grip you know, I took my shoes off and, of course, my socks are soaked. And so you're just kind of gripping your toes, you know, until they warm up as well. So that was, that felt a lot better. You know, it, it's not perfect. You're not warm, but at least you can move your finger, fingers and toes again. And then I, I always love that part when you're on a, on a, on a mountain pass and you get down to a certain level, what, whatever... Um, whatever height above sea level you're at where the coldness stops and it actually it's like you hit that warm front that's always a, a really interesting thing for me well for me for everybody because it's so obvious you can feel the temperature just changes in, in a few hundred meters really really cool needless to say heading down it was so cold we did not stop to do a lot of sightseeing <laughs> we did all our sightseeing on the way up that day on the way down we're like just dear god let me off this goddamn mountain please Ugh. it was it was quite the descent i kid you not but anyway we survived it obviously and but one one of the wildest things i've ever seen literally wild wild life wild, the wildest thing ever seen just before we get into back into Jozanke just before the first hotel as you're heading back into Jozanke there was this murder of crows just flying around right beside the, the road I'm like oh geez that's kind of interesting never really a comforting thing when you see a murder of crows but there they were and you could see right over the edge of the road and they were feeding on a dead deer, a dead buck. It was a big one too. 
But what was so creepy about it is the crows were skinning it. They were they didn't have a lot of it exposed yet. A lot of the, the meat exposed yet. But it looked like they were actually working together to skin this deer, to 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 peel the hide back. It was fascinating. We didn't take any pictures of it because, you know, it, it's... Uh, maybe we should have, but uh, anyway, we didn't. We're like, yeah, no, I don't need pictures of that. Thanks. But but uh, my friend kind of noticed that the deer... He thought that the crows were kind of giving a side eye, kind of maybe thinking we were just bigger predators coming to take their their dinner away from them. So that that was kind of an interesting perspective on, on as well. I, I didn't quite notice that as much, but, you know, my friend said, yeah, man, do you see the way they were looking at us? That, that could have got real ugly, too, if they decided to t- turn on us. I mean, as I think so many people in Sapporo know, you know, crows will attack people, especially in nesting season. Dear God, don't they fly into the back of your head. It, 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 they are not shy. It, it's, if you walk past the nest, they will attack people. It's uh, pretty freaky. I think that's in Australia as well, but with magpies. I think I, I've heard Australians complaining about uh, magpies attacking people. Same, same thing in Sapporo with crows. But uh, this murder of crows, just going to town on this dead deer, this dead buck. You know, the big antlers sticking up. It uh, was a, a very, very rare, a very, very literal wild scene to to come across we were wondering well as you do when you see dead animals in the world yeah what happened to that um but i'm wondering i heard that another sapporo friend of ours actually hit a buck in that area about a week ago kind of wondering if it's the same one maybe it kind of got hit because it, it after it got hit by this van it ran away but i'm wondering if it kind of survived for most of the week, you know, it had maybe had internal organ damage or whatnot. And then finally, about a week later, just died near the side of the road. And the, the crows were like, hot diggity, venison's on the menu, boys. Anyway, a, a, an interesting scene to come across for sure. So that was us back down Nakayamatoge. Um, coffee time again uh, at the bottom, you know, to warm up. And then we just kind of made our way home. You know, it was back along Toyohiro River. Uh, and then it was me straight up uh, Ishikari Kaido back home into Ishikari where I was home. What time was I home? Jeez, I don't remember. Uh, five o'clock? No, it was before five o'clock. Four, four thirty maybe. Love the Nakayama Toge ride. It's always, it's so much fun. It's a 126 kilometer ride for me. Uh, which is which is great. That is plenty, especially with that climb uh, all the way there. One thing I, you got to say about it is coming back. Now, I don't mean just obviously the descent back into Sapporo down the Toge is obviously easier, although maybe not as comfortable with the cold this time. But it's easier all the way to Ishikari Kaido because it's downhill almost the whole way from Makomonai Park along the river obviously it's flat but when you're going from Jozanke 
all the way to Makomanai. It's a descent. It's a very gentle but constant descent the whole way. So, I mean, that's why sometimes when you're... So, going to Nakayama Toge, it takes me, what? It takes me two hours to get there, two hours up, half hour, 45 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes down, two hours, and not two hours home. Because getting, even just from Makomanai Park, getting to Nakayama Toge is a steady, consistent, deceptive climb. Then you've got the obvious mountain pass. But by the time you get to Nakayama Toge, you've already been climbing for, what's that, I think at least 20 kilometers. It's not a fast ride from Makomanai uh, to Jozanke. It's a steady, slow climb. Uh, but again, that's part of the joy coming back because you just whee, cruise right back down into uh, Sapporo and in, yeah, onto uh, Toyohiro River. So that was the Nakayama Toge ride, everybody. Have you ever done it? Are you going to do it? If you do it, please be careful. Those tunnels are no joke, especially if it's your first time riding them. You will be nervous. There's just simply no way about it. I'm kind of used to the mountain pass tunnels now, but I never forget the first time I did one where... I honestly, I still have a piece of, um, what's the tunnel? I still have a piece, oh man, Kenashi Toge? I still have a piece of the Kenashi Toge tunnel on my uh, jacket. I still have a bit of dirt from the wall. I mean, the first time I, I did one of those tunnels, you're, it's it's scary. There's no, no, two, no, no two ways about it. But if you do... You can expect some absolutely gorgeous scenery, and I am not kidding, it's worth the ride. It's fun. The scenery, uh, the adventure of it all. I hope someday you get to, uh, I hope someday you get to ride Nakayama Toge. Even if you just come back down into Sapporo, excellent. If you get to go down the backside into Kimobetsu, maybe on your way to Niseko, even better. Anyway, folks. That's the podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you still get some great riding in this year. Have fun out there, everybody. Have a great week. Love you.